Guru Nation, what's going on? It's been a crazy week. I've been creating so much content for you guys, so I hope you like this episode, episode 416 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. We talk about protocol deviations, specifically as they pertain at the site level and what clinical research site directors and site owners and even PIs need to know about protocol deviations. And this is taken straight out of our site owner academy, which is always enrolling, and we have package deals for clients where we can help you get studies, help you train your staff, help you learn how to work in the business, which is the CRC Academy, help you work on the business, which is the Site Owner Academy. If you're interested, I mean, I'm getting pumped at just talking about it to you right now. Text me, 949-415-6256. Send me a text. It is my number. I will reply. Also, check out other links in the show notes. CRA Academy, CRC Academy, my Patreon channel, where we talk about digital marketing and how to leverage social media to create more opportunities for yourself. So with all that being said, hope you enjoy this episode about protocol deviation, specifically from the site level, and take care. everybody so welcome carlos did a great job with these slides for this week's site owner academy this portion of the academy will go on youtube as well protocol deviations right we have some cra's on here as well on the site owner we have a lot of cra's that actually own sites so go figure uh they're my heroes because i don't know how they can do both and um i'm sure they don't either and one of them is eventually going to uh, win, which is usually the site owner route. So, uh, yeah, well, the slides are gone. What's going on? Okay, now I they're back. Sure, I just made sure I had hit record. We don't want to not record. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, deviations. Chris, Carlos did a good job with these. I mean, you know, CRA perspective. And we have, like I said, two CRAs on this call live. So, this is going to be interesting. There's deviations. I don't know. Uh, you CRAs that are on, feel free to talk. But every monitoring visit, you pretty much find the deviation, right? Well, I would assume so, yes. For any CRA that wants to chime in, I would hope they find, uh, they find some sort of deviation or query, something that's wrong on new data. Otherwise, uh, I would have to think if there's enough new data and there's no issues with any of it, that would lend me to think that there may be other issues going on here. Right. Right. So we'll go through some of these things uh, in the next slide. This will be a short presentation, guys. We promise. So deviation log, everyone's best friend. Every monitor's best friend. You guys, I understand your series. You may not want to talk. But deviation log, from my experiences as a monitor, deviation log is something that the sites don't really like to fill out. And, I mean, it makes sense why. Uh, nobody likes to, to document their mistakes or their errors. So this really falls on the CRA to make sure that the sites are doing this. And it's one of the most common ongoing action items uh, to update the deviation log. So now what we want to tell the sites is 
there's no reason not to put your deviations on the deviation log. It's going, I mean, if the FDA comes to audit you, they're going to find your deviations. Is They're not going to see them because of the log. They're already going to know. They're going to go through all the documents. So, matter of fact, if you don't have them on the log, that could be a finding. So, you should just put them on there when they're there. You're, you're not going to be in trouble or anything. It's just a log to track your deviations. Okay, so somebody on Instagram saying, we actually document it in my study. Who is entering deviation log and who's not? Cool. And the sponsor keeps their own deviation log too for the trial master file. So that, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything I could add to that. Um, there, well, there as a site owner, you don't like, but you don't think, you don't get paid for putting deviations on the log, right? So you have no interest in doing this as a site owner. Well, I mean, you do have an interest, some interest in this. I don't know. I think the more manageable a site is, the easier it is to work with, lends itself better to future trials. I mean, that's not, obviously, that's not the key criteria that, that the sponsor or, well, CRA probably doesn't care, but that's not the key criteria the sponsor's looking at or caring about when it comes to, to utilizing a site. They care about, can you, can you get this, the patients, right? That's, by far and away, the, the key factor. But I think secondary it is, are you good at, at your job, right? Are you collecting the data and entering it on time? Are you easy to work with from a CRE perspective? I mean, they care about that stuff too, but it's not, it's not first and foremost. Okay. Yeah, we could go to the next, next slide. For the site owners, you know, there's, here's the difference. There's major deviations, but they all need to be logged on your deviation log, okay? Major deviations, basically, if they affect a patient's safety, need to be reported to the IRB. Uh, minor deviations don't have to be. When you're in doubt, ask your monitor. When your monitor's in doubt, they're going to ask their lead CRA. Uh, you, you want to make sure that the ones that the deviations you have to report to the IRB are being reported. Uh, you don't want these action items going on until closeout visit because then your closeout visit is going to be a headache. And we've gone through as site owners many of these closeout visits that are much more difficult than they have to be. And I'm sure some of you CRAs on here on this uh, site owner academy. And I would like to add to what you just stated. I, in my experience, most CRAs, regardless of major or minor, want the site you report them to the IRB. And the IRB, you know, I don't know if you're irritated with this, they're 95, 98% of the time, at least with minor issues, even sometimes major issues, say this is, we're not concerned with this, right? We're only concerned with patient safety. Um, I think right. I think CRAs, just that's their fallback response. Deviation reported to the IRB, period. Um, right. I don't know. I, I assume it's better safe than sorry in their mind, right? That they don't want to be the judge on what should be reported. Yeah. Shouldn't just leave it up to the IRB to decide. Anyhow, minor deviations don't leave have it to up to the IRB. Yeah, I think that's how most. Yeah, no, that's are. a good. Uh, that's a good strategy. But as a site owner, you know, you don't. The last thing you don't want to. Hopefully, you can hear me clearly. Can you guys hear me clear? Yeah, yeah, much better now. 
So as a site owner, you don't want to, like the last thing you want to do is have the FDA come in and then they ask you why you didn't report a deviation to the IRB, right? Because CRAs are human beings, like they can miss stuff. So just this, this is the rule for you as a site owner. If it affects patient safety and it was a deviation, you should report it to the IRB. When in doubt, just report it to the IRB anyways. They're going to tell you if it's not reportable, right? Like a patient is out of window. Sometimes that can affect patient safety. If they didn't have the IP because they're out of window, so they missed a few doses, that could affect patient safety. But if they had extra IP on hand and they didn't miss any doses, that doesn't affect patient safety. So same deviation might affect patient safety or may not affect patient safety, depending on the situation. So when in doubt, as a site owner, just submit it to the IRB. Uh, next, last slide. Maybe it's second to last slide. We gotta give like little actionable, bite-sized pieces of advice every week to the site owners. So reportable deviations, some deviations are necessary. So sometimes the site does deviation on purpose, to reduce risk to the patient. Uh, even if that's the case, and that's the right thing they should be doing as per GCP, okay, that should still be documented as a deviation, and it's still reported, all right? So as a PI, as a site owner, you're allowed to create deviations if they reduce or make attempts to reduce risk to patients. You shouldn't be doing deviations just because you feel like it or it's more convenient for you or you think this is a way to do the protocol that's better than the sponsor thinks, that's not the right way. The, that's the correct time to create a deviation. But when you do deviations, it's to reduce risk to patient. So CRAs must make sure the IRB and sponsors are aware of deviations when appropriate. That's the CRA's job. CRAs should always focus on deviations that affect patient safety. All right, so a lot of this falls on the CRA, but I just interviewed a former FDA auditor, Patrick Stone, and he tells me when he goes to audit a site, they don't care what the CRA did or didn't do. They don't care what the sponsor said to do or don't do. They are holding the PI accountable for following the protocol. So if you're a site, don't wait for the CRA to catch something and then report it. If you know you need to report it, report it. Right, because FDA could care less if the CRA didn't miss it. You know, they they're humans. They can, you know, that's their job. Right, like they can they can make mistakes. So you, as a site owner or as the PI, need to make sure that you're doing your job, even if the CRA is not doing their job. And some PIs may disagree on what impacts patient safety. When this happens, sponsors are given the final say. Sponsors are called sponsor for a reason. They're paying for the study. You're not, you're getting paid to do the study. So when it comes down to PI versus sponsor, uh, usually sponsor wins, but but the PI may still disagree and think, okay, this is not okay for my patients. So they, in order to reduce risk to patient, the PI can deviate from the protocol. Anything else you want to add, Chris? No, I think that's very good. Maybe this is the last slide or is there one more? Let's see. We're going to find I'm out. curious now. In the button. Oh, there's one more. Maybe there's more even after this. I don't know. This is the never-ending slideshow. No, there's none. This is the last one. No, this is the last one.
Not a never-ending fight, Joe. Thankfully. So, uh, All right, take it away, Chris. The last slide. Absolutely. Identifying deviations is key. Monitors should pay special attention to process errors and consistent errors from, from the sites. So, yeah, I mean, um, uh, special attention to process errors. So, I'm not sure what, what Carlos means by, what does he mean by process errors? Not clicking for me, Dan. Oh yeah, no. This is like this is what uh, constitutes kappa. This is everything, and at the site level, if your if your site if you're a site owner, you need to be careful with process errors. If your site is constantly making the same errors, all right, that's a process issue that might require a kappa corrective action, preventative action. You as the PI, and you as the site owner are responsible for making sure this doesn't happen. Right. For example, I had a site that each time they would consent, they would go through a checklist, right? Like in, in their SOPs, it says we have to go through a checklist during our consent to make sure that the process of consent was followed. Well, the process error when this new coordinator came on board was they were not doing that. And that's a process error, all right? That's going to create multiple deviations. And you can, you can correct this process as a site or as a CRA, but again, as a site owner, you don't wait for your monitor to tell you something's wrong. If you know it's wrong, you need to fix it, right? So there's a lot of process errors that can take place uh, from a site, and they should be corrected by the site owner. Uh, or even if the SOPs need to be revised, they need to be revised. Well, then anything could be a process error, no? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anything could be a process error. Anything you're doing at the site for collecting data, any error involved there is a process error. Yeah. And if it triggers, if it causes multiple deviations that can be prevented, you know, the FDA is going to say, well, how are you fixing this? What's your corrective action, preventative action? Right. So that's the next bullet point. Uh, and again, I think the, the theme for this Weak site owner academy is if you're a site owner or you're a PI, you don't wait for the monitor to find something. If you you need to find it, right? You need to have staff that can find it, and uh, the FDA is going to hold you accountable as the PI uh, for this. So make sure that you take care of these things. Don't just rely on the CRAs. Most CRAs are very good and do their job. Some of them have a, so much going on they miss things. It's human, and others you know, unfortunately are not so good and they don't catch almost anything. Well, guess what? FDA could care less about that. They care about you and how you're, how you are operating your studies at your site. Are you recommending that if, if I were new to listening to your information, that you provide, I would assume you're recommending all sites should have some sort of quality assurance program. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, we've got to change we actually have to change that for the terminology because I got it corrected. It's actually quality control that is like what an in-house monitor would be at a site, basically. It would be quality control. But yeah, essentially, yes, that's correct. So are you recommending that, that all sites should have that? I think what the site owner needs to be... Okay, so I think I'm not recommending that. I'm recommending that that process gets done any way they can. If that means the site owner does it, 
then that's fine. If that means the PI does it with, have, with maintaining appropriate oversight, that's fine. Or the site may need to hire like a QC person, quality control that just does this nonstop. Right, right. So if I agree with that. One, guys. New sites, uh, certainly the site owner can do it, absolutely. But hiring somebody, I don't think is something many new sites are going to want to do. Definitely not new sites, but it's something new sites would want to think about. Because to yeah. do a really good job of QC, like to do a good job of quality control is a full-time job once your site gets busy. So right. something sites should consider. And uh, yeah, usually like for our sites, it's me and you, Chris, until we've promoted other people to do it. So somebody's doing this stuff constantly. And thank right. you everybody for watching and listening. We'll stop going live now so that the site owners can have a confidential and safe space to discuss everything. So, hey, everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.